0: Up, freaks! It's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Sat down with Mason Jappa and Sam Schwarzinski from the Blockware Solutions team. Talk about mining, the macro landscape, the liquidity crunch on the Bitcoin markets, and a bunch more. Enjoy this episode, freaks! It's brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking K
1: K
2: K K K K K Cash Up.
0: They're helping us pump it up. We're going to pump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up. Got to pump it up. Cash apps. Helping us pump up that price floor. By making it easy to stack sats. You can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats if you so please via the cash app. I'm saying sats, 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 sats. Because you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. People don't know this. There's 100 million sats or satoshis in one whole Bitcoin. You get 100 million sats, you have one Bitcoin. You can stack as Little as $1 worth of sats. And currently, one cuck buck is going to get you like 1863 We just hit a trillion dollar market cap as I'm reading this ad read. Let's go, freaks. Let's go. One trillion. Stacking sats on the cash app. Hell pushed us there. What a day. What a life. What a time to be alive. I love being here with you freaks download the cash app use the code stacking sats s-t-a-c-k-i-n-g-s-a-t-s you're gonna get ten dollars and ten dollars gonna to go to al's lacrosse and yeah we had just hit one truly enjoy you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free If you talk about a fed just gone nuts All all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like
1: safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin
0: is the victor.
2: I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying
1: attention, you probably should be. probably should be.
0: What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty here, snowing where I am. It's a snowy. Thursday, it's Thursday, Thursday morning. I have to shovel my my uh, front steps, front patio, go to the food food store, got a little chili cooking downstairs, we're, we're here, I got a fire next to me, We're we're here to talk about mining with the Blockware Solutions team, sitting down with Mason Jappa and Sam Schwarinski. What's up, guys?
2: What's up, Marty? Uh, glad to be on. No, no better time to talk about mining, you know, waking up to a giant green candle. So like, it's, it's the greatest thing to wake up to, especially okay. as a miner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I've got my block clock mini downstairs tracking the fees per block over the last 2016 blocks. That's approaching one Bitcoin. So fees are going up as well. Revenue is going up very profitable to mine right now. If you're. If you uh, got the right rigs and the right cost of power production, uh, let's jump into it. You guys uh, have two things on top of my mind that I want to talk about that, that you've put out from a content perspective. First was a thread um, uh, about a, a few weeks ago about mining as, as a good DCA strategy to, to sort of temper the, the volatility, the price volatility of Bitcoin. And then um, a big research piece you guys uh, published January 21st of this year. About uh, the 2021 Bitcoin market outlook, 40,000 is only the beginning, <clears throat> and as we sit here at 47,000, that seems to have been a very, uh, very prescient uh, title for this particular research paper. So let's just jump into it. Um, what's been going on with you guys? Uh, 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 let's start with the DCA, like uh, describing mining as a, as a good DCA strategy. Why do you, Why do you guys believe this is so? Or I think you guys have the data to back it up as well.
2: Yeah, I'll kick it off and Sam can add some context. So kicking off of the dollar cost averaging. So miners receive, you know, daily mining rewards, um, you know, for their for, for their hash contributions, and depending on their pool structure, we'll have different payouts. So miners receive not only their block rewards for the contributions they contributed to mining blocks, but they also receive transaction fees on tops, which which you were alluding to. So today we're at uh, an, an average tr- uh, block plus transaction fee of 7.6, uh, which is amazing for mining um, keep, you know, that that's an important factor in this. So think about do- mining as the best way to dollar cost average because you're buying into a, a heavy, heavily volatile asset like Bitcoin. Um, dollar cost averaging for any volatile asset or commodity is an excellent strategy to have over time. It allows you to receive an allocation on, on a set daily basis and you're mining at a cost that is less to buy on the free market. For miners, your your cost of production is truly um, mostly correlated to your energy. We found that it's about 90% of your cost is energy and then the remaining is uh, allocated towards your OpEx and and typically you you keep CapEx out of your your cost reduction. So miners on a daily basis receive a set amount of Bitcoin, which is a combination of, which is mapped to the hash rate, that they mine for blocks plus the transaction fees, and and their profit is the difference of their cost of production and the current price in Bitcoin. And what we've seen in historical bull cycles and what we're seeing in this cycle is Bitcoin prices outpacing difficulty. So miners, you know, are are in an extremely well positioned and are capturing, you know, excellent dollar cost averaging, and and. And your strategies, as far as what you do with that Bitcoin, can you know hyper accelerate your return on investments. You know, if you're in a bullish sentiment and you hold on to that dollar costed Bitcoin and pay for electricity out of pocket as much as you can with USD fiat, you can hyper accelerate with your returns. You know, that Bitcoin that you've been mining in July is now worth forty seven five hundred dollars, right? And then it was worth much less. So um, that's important to take into account. Yeah. I think
1: another. I think another thing that makes mining unique and is that it removes the the psychological factors associated with the price volatility right even in a sideways or a downward market if you bought bitcoin and holding you know you'd make no money or you're losing money whereas if you're mining even in a sideways or downwards market you're still generating return generating bitcoin below market value you know assuming you have efficient rigs and a decent energy rate
0: yeah it's uh it's a great way to DCA uh, just uh, working for great american mining and then just seeing seeing the daily sats roll in from from our hash rates feels good and it's mining's been a, a, a much maligned industry in the, in the bitcoin space uh, particularly up to this point in bitcoin's life right like it's always oh just buy bitcoin don't mine it like you'll you'll be better off but again like you guys have alluded to if you can execute and get your you're, you're all in uh, cost of power production down low enough uh, and execute from a, a plugging in the miners and making sure that they run as long as possible and, and uh, have considerable uptime. It's a pretty good strategy. And I think the theory I've had for quite a while is that um, there's going to be a, a tipping point at some point in the future when Bitcoin uh, is, is widely accepted or is... The, the masses capitulate and say this is going to be here where a lot of the companies that have been naysaying mining are going to realize that they actually should probably have invested in and become miners to some degree because it's going to be the only way to access Bitcoin uh, uh, at some point in the future when you consider uh, the, the amount of Bitcoin that are being taken off the market by these large institutions and other big players.
1: I agree entirely. And I mean, it's already happened last week. We, we had to, we, we put on a conference, a digital conference for, for bank of America's energy desk, uh, where they were looking to leverage existing, their existing portfolio of, you know, heavy electrical assets, whether that's factories or steel mills operating at partial capacity to what they can, or whether it's actual, you know, quote unquote, behind the meter, like power generation assets They're you know, everyone's starting to figure it out and you know luckily there's a a bit of a lag there's a <laughs> there's still a bit of a lag but i think it's it's all trending to you know increased commoditization of bitcoin mining specifically we'll see you know more of it over the years just distilled down to these behind the meter type
0: yeah i think um i think there's gonna be a big wave of hash rate coming to to north america which is like your goal as a company, correct? Is...
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our messaging is let's bring Bitcoin and Bitcoin hash rate into the hands of Americans. I mean, it's a matter of national security. We need to decentralize the network. We need to position the states as being a leader in the sector. And that's currently not the position. We need, a, um, we need to take control and, and, and make moves here. And, and we need institutional backing. We need people to go in heavy and we need people to go in right now before they miss the wave. Um the wave's already, you know partially been missed. Even. we were we were telling everyone an excellent time to deploy was you know right at the in that March timeline. This right? time last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah every, everyone capitulated the institutions and, and large miners and those that had the lowest cost energy bought up. And, you know, all the puked S9, S9s, for example, that were, you know, 15 or 25 bucks, those are, those are selling for between 200 and $250 now. And they're, their break-even costs are insane. I mean, it's just, it just proves that, um, you know, another point that we don't talk about, I think a lot of people miss in their forecasting as well, is that miners have a perfect positive correlation to the price of Bitcoin. Um, so that, that means that as Bitcoin goes up in price, these machines are going to go up in price. And we're seeing the heaviest supply constraints that we've ever seen in this marketplace and we're seeing a lot of other things that we've never seen in this marketplace right this this para, parabolic uptrend so you know people that bought machines last year their machines may have two or three x in value by 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 now and 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 they've been mining those machines or just receiving delivery and their mining profits and the rewards are are also you know extrapolating so it's just it's a double exposure to bitcoin with the mining rig appreciation and with the mining uh, dollar cost averaging
0: yeah it's uh it's a beautiful time to be a miner especially again yeah. if you were able to plug them in at some point in 2020 it's yeah,
1: exactly.
0: uh again like you mentioned like the institutionalization of mining is, is beginning to happen we've seen a bunch of these public companies use uh, equity funding to begin financing expansion um, uh, of their operations. I mean, Marathon and and Riot, particularly here in in United States, uh, are making some big splashes in the in the hardware market, buying massive orders of of Bitmain machines. What are you guys seeing from this perspective? Uh, like the like, are the institutions going to crowd out the little guy? Um, are they going to
1: I think that's already happening, right? That's yeah. that's why, that's why you can't get a new S19 until September 2021. Um but the the beautiful thing is, you know, for for miners who are already currently mining or have access to rigs, you know, immediately is the one bright side of the supply constraint is, you know, difficulty can't keep up with with these price increases when we're just in price discovery mode ripping through highs, right? So, although price is is up however many you know whatever 2x since what january i think <laughs> since the start of january difficulty has been a pretty slow and steady march higher, just because these manufacturers can only deliver so many rigs
0: yeah and then like i i have, a, have the question too like on the backside of that delivery uh what are some of the 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 companies that are making these big orders i i know, know ride is is really good at executing but like other others in the space yeah. that are buying massive like is it are they going to be able to execute when they when they buy these miners like seeing marathon a 100 million dollars worth of bitcoin last month after buying all those rigs had me start questioning like ah maybe maybe they're realizing they may not be able to plug in 70 000 miners but uh,
2: that's a great point yeah with merit you know we've been talking um with a lot of you know the larger players and, and you know they partner with that coal plant but that that it's not ready and it's not ready to deploy 70,000 S-19s, right? You know, you think about how much the energy consumption of that, but, um, but we're seeing a lot, you know, I'm also on the advisory board of rights and what they're doing, you know, they have a home for their machines and they're um, likely going to shift towards, you know, vertical integration. And, um, but we're seeing other companies, you know, taking large positions, you know, like BitFarms and HUD8 both did in, in Canada, both just did some, you um, financing, uh, debt financing rounds and, and raise capital to buy machines, um, they're, they're deploying and they're, they're mainly, you know, to you know, in the BitFury ties, but BitFarms is deploying what's minor machines and at, at scale, uh, you have Galaxy Digital, that's also uh, taking and positioning where they, they're, they're, they're specifically what's minor only, and they will, uh, they purchase tranches of machines, they're mining tranches of machines, and then they're offering, uh, financing on machines that they purchase. Uh, but really the, the one that I wanted to highlight, and I think one of the real enablers of all these large entities is Foundry. Um, so, you know, which rolls up through Grayscale. So they've deployed $143 million in capital um, towards mining in North America. Um, some of which, and a lot of which is for their own self-mining equipment. Um, we believe they have over 700 pen operating in North America. And then they're also offering um, companies, um, and many of these well-documented uh, financing deals to buy future batches, where uh, they'll finance it, they'll take their interest, uh, you pay X percent down now, you pay the rest over uh, a cycle, of, let's say 12 or 18 months, and, and um, then you get your machines. Um, and it's you know interesting with their messaging is they're very much well aware that they're better off just buying these s19s and holding it themselves especially with the base the backing of grayscale where it almost seems like they have an unlimited unlimited cash balance um so that i mean they're they're truly an enabler for north american mining and, and they share our message like bring bitcoin and bring bitcoin hash rate to america
0: um, so. yeah gbtc could uh could bankroll a lot a lot, a lot. Yeah. yeah
2: limited cash flow and balance sheet or that's nice must be nice yeah
0: they've uh they've Taking advantage of that and uh, that product very, very aggressively, and then, hey, good for them—they're raising a shit ton of money. And the fact that Foundry uh, came out of nowhere with that mining pool too, right? Like the uh, yeah, the
2: Foundry mining pool
0: just popped up. Hey, I guess what? We have about seven percent of hash rate or something like that, five <laughs> to seven.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's most of it's their own self mined, and they have a long term you know goal there. And you know, I agree. You know, I agree with them, right? You want to. To to truly bring hash rate to North America, you have to mine on an American mining pool or a North American mining pool. If you're if you're mining in North America and you're pointing your your hash rate to China, you're you're not you're not bringing hash rate to America. So that's, you know, I, I like to correct people. It doesn't matter where you're domiciled. If you're pointing your hash rate to China or an, another country, um, which is okay. I mean, some are fine, right? But you you know, we need to decentralize the network and. And I, um, you know, Blocker runs a pool. I've, we've got about 315 penna hash on online and we operate on US nodes.
0: So. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, we're relatively small right now to Great American Mining, but we have ambitions of having like a, a, a flared gas mining pool specifically. And I, I think that the, I mean, you see all the mining pools over in China. I think there's gonna be a massive shift uh, over here in the US as well. Uh, Mass, I hope uh, so. Like the opportunity, <laughs> the opportunity, right, is is massive from a, from a cheap energy energy perspective in North America alone, uh, to bring hash rate here, and then like hopefully like right now the ASIC supply chain is obviously very constrained uh, and and spread thin, but uh, and obviously uh, as the price keeps going up and demand for mining keeps going up, hopefully the supply chain will be able to to meet that demand and, and expand. Uh, their um, construction of these miners. And then you you have things like TSMC and Samsung starting to build foundries uh, in the Southwest of the United States, which is incredible to see. I mean, the the news from Samsung yesterday is massive in my mind, a $17 billion fab in Austin, Texas. Um, And and that should be done by 2023. So uh, Bitcoin miners probably, Bitcoin ASICs probably won't be prioritized on that particular foundry right away, but, it's not hard to imagine that, that you have a six being produced on U.S. soil within the next five to seven years.
2: 100% agree, and you know that that's the vision. We need to bring manufacturing also to North America. Um, you know, with trade wars with China, where most of the manufacturers are domiciled, you know, you're you're exposed to a 25% tariff and 2.77% duty. If it doesn't, you know, add to you know the tr- you know, how hard it is to get machines in the first place. You know, we're getting taxed on, on those imports. And, 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 you know, that, that creates an ROI you know um, extension for us. Um, so we, you know, there is a secondary market and, you know, that's something that Blockware Solutions does really well. We, we sell a lot of used machines we have access to and work with some of the largest mines that are, you know, upgrading. So you can get some, you know, nice miners, you know, again, 20 S's used for reasonable costs or like S17s or S17 pluses um, Something that we offer through our, our other entity, Blockward Mining, is the ability to get up and hashing within forty eight hours, which people love, right? We we have used machines; they're running now; they're fully testing. We de risk the ordering process; we'll sell you a hosting contract, and you can be up and hashing within forty eight hours of that completion. Um, and we uh, enable retail. We we brought it up earlier, but you know, by partnering with hosting facilities that can offer you know fair hosting rates and and such a service, you know, retail isn't necessarily checking out. Um, over time, it, you know, it'll be a race to the bottom of energy costs, but during such a market that we're in, you know, paying a hosting rate of six and a half cents is totally feasible. Like, and that's, you know, certainly supported.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's the question I have is, is this the run? Is this the run where we don't have like an 80% drop after? Probably not just because I'm asking the goddamn question in the first place, but like if this like so let's jump into your most recent research piece like 40000 is only the beginning where do you guys see this going from a price perspective and then what does that do for the dynamics of the mining industry particularly from a a cost of power production perspective like at at what levels will mining be profitable during this bull run
2: Sam you want to kick us off
0: I mean hell you can
1: what's a break even on an S9's at six cents right now is still at 20k Bitcoin, I think, <laughs> right? So I don't, I, I think all all the smart, efficient miners who who were just scooping and storing those, those $25, $15 S9s pre-halving in, in May and right after halving, all those are already plugged in. All, all of that old stuff, that's that's why there's such a constraint on finding hosting for scale, large-scale deployments. That's, that's why we're seeing such a some marginal incremental increase in difficulty, despite these price rips. So all the old stuff's already being run. And I, it's, I'm, it's just, just hyper bullish on, on all front. It, it continues to be dispar- This, this rally continues to be disproportionately driven by institutions. Every dip gets bought sooner and sooner. And every, and every time it's, it's like, all right, here comes. And here comes the good 50% correction, you know, on the way to the top. on on the way on the way to the top and it it gets bought up immediately what was what were we working with i think nine or ten corrections averaging like 35 or 33 percent in the last cycle i don't think we've cracked i don't think we've cracked 35 yet
0: no i think it's been like i think
1: think 29 and change was was the largest percentage correction so far and i'm talking from the march lows but
0: yeah Yeah, no i i mean People trying to tie I remember uh, in January, people were like, ah, oh, it's going to going to twenty seven. Didn't get there. Like uh, this last little correction this week, people were like, ah, oh, it's going to go back, back down to 30. It didn't quite get there. I mean, the the uh, the combination of these institutions coming in, and then on top of that, you have like a, a liquidity crunch on exchanges, like you have in your exactly. research paper, like the the glass node data of people pulling off off their bitcoin you, off exchange
1: you took the words out of my mouth exactly that's i think that's one of the most bullish indicators as well as is, is seeing like and it truly hammers home the point you know the digital gold narrative obviously we had you know the, the fed and every other central bankers massive overreaction to covid and the money supply set to increase by four you know 40 percent in the last two years after this most recent round of stimulus sorry airpod airpod down um you just, I as an whether it's an inflation head or just a pure alternative store of value, really seeing the, the original, you know, digital gold narrative take hold more and more.
0: Yeah, and whether you,
1: it's Elon or, or anyone else or Mass Mutual or
0: yeah, and you have like a number of factors, right? So like from the macro perspective here in the U.S. specifically, a 1.9 trillion stimmy appetizer, yeah, pal, appetizer. Out. <laughs> you had Pal, come out earlier this week and basically allude that that un, unemployment numbers were actually being undercounted. Like he said, uh, it says like surprise, uh, right? He says like ah, uh, it's like reported at six point four percent, so that means it's actually ten percent. So that like you have them sort of back, not backtracking, but uh, trying to save face.
1: Prime, yeah, priming,
0: yeah, priming for for like. A, an antipasta after the appetizer, before you even get to the main course and dessert, it's going to be insane. Uh, and uh, thank God we have Bitcoin. Right? I'll,
1: I'll, I'll tell you what this is one of this is one of the things that initially drove me to, to to Bitcoin and Ether back in 2015. I was out of college. I was a prop trader at a firm called Gelber Group in uh, Chicago, mostly spot FX a uh, little bit of futures, equities, commodities, et cetera. But for the longest time when I first started, which was like late 2014, you would, you know, you'd wait for a data point, dollar positive, you buy dollars against whatever was weak set time, dollar negative, it was, it was, it was a monkey could do it. I was like, oh wow, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be rich super quick. <laughs> and then the first Fed meeting comes and they removed the term, they removed the phrase like data dependence, they removed patience and a couple other things. And then that data trade was gone. So for like a week after that those data points, I'm like, what why why isn't this working anymore? It's like, oh well, the Fed removed that sentence from their statement. Like, what do you what do you mean? Like th- that, that all that ruined this whole trade. And it, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and you start realizing that it <laughs> central bank monetary policy has been the driver for every single asset for the at least the last 20 years, probably longer
0: um <laughs> yeah. and people like so i was actually in chicago working at a managed futures fund at the same time as an analyst and like, in like 20 uh, 2013 2014 like, fucking markets were trading based off of what color jacket janet yellen was wearing <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. to a meeting like, oh my god she's wearing purple it's regal she's 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 dovish
2: exactly
0: uh, it's uh and then like it, so like in the man like i worked at a fund of funds like like the people at the top, like the chief investment officers, some of these CTAs are completely like oblivious to, to the Fed's influence on the markets. Like, as an analyst, I'd have to ask some questions. Like, so, like, what do you think about the Fed's policy? Is it affecting markets at all? Like, no, not at all. Not at all. It's, it's, <laughs> no. it's, there's been this shift in understanding of, of the Fed's influence over the markets. It's, the understanding's probably been there, but most people just didn't want to admit it. But it's gotten to the point that it's, it's impossible to ignore.
1: If you want, if you want to really hammer that point home, all you got to do is pull up a, a, a tr- any chart, cover the access, cover the asset, what what asset it, what asset it is, from March through the end of 2020, and they all look like the same to varying magnitudes, just straight line. And there's a, and it's to the day they all happen to bottom, uh, you know,
0: right? And it's because <laughs> it, a lot of that was QE driven, but now at these. Fiscal stimulus for your airdropping into people's bank accounts and into social programs or infrastructure programs. That's going to be, you know, we have seen this asset price inflation, but do we see uh, like consumer inflation? I mean, they've already been saying they want CPI to be uh, like over what their typical 2% target is. Are they going to be successful in, in inciting that? I think they may be.
1: Yeah. I mean, this, this QE infinity charade is is going to end very badly. Eventually it could be another two decades from now. I don't know, but like you said, thank God for Bitcoin and thank <laughs> God for, thank God for, for the growing de- decentralized digital ecosystem.
0: Yeah. But it, it seems like, so that's the other thing. Like it's weird. Everybody knows it's going on in the Fed, but like then, like the the other side of Wall Street, the other side of the Fed's window, all these banks are starting to wake up. Like in your um, in your research paper, you, you have a list of of institutions that have that have talked at least somewhat positively to neutral about Bitcoin: Citibank, Morgan Stanley, Guggenheim, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Stanley Drunkland Miller, PTJ, obviously, Mass Mutual. This morning we had BNY Mellon. Yep. BNY Mellon came out like I mean we did Ma- I think MasterCard,
1: <laughs> MasterCard as well yesterday this yeah. morning or last night or something yeah,
2: yeah. then you have Square, PayPal, Twitter, um, rumors of Apple like and it's funny you know many of these banks were naysayers and then they changed their positioning um, maybe they were naysayers so they can accumulate and buy the dips right okay. I, I would not be surprised.
0: Not not in the least, bit.
2: look at look at all the, the criminal activity that's taken place with these banks over the years. I mean, you could it's 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 eye opening and and you you think Bitcoin has you know negative sentiment around it like look at the active and proven crimes that have been committed um, and the, the fines that have been paid up and the admittance around that and then the the brush off um, it's it's insane,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's like just yeah, these banks have been known to like manipulate markets particularly like precious metals jp morgan specifically um just yeah Libor when,
1: scandal a couple
0: yeah, couple years ago I mean LIBOR gold fixing yeah just meet me in gchat <laughs> we'll fix this market um <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's used to, how it used to go but like it'd be interesting to see how they how they adapt uh considering the nature of bitcoin the asset right and it's pristine collateral that uh is is sitting on a public ledger? Um, do they adapt their businesses and their models to, to this asset as they adopt it? Um, and that's like another theory I'd love to jump into with you guys. Like, so I think what we're doing in the mining industry, again, like I said, mining has been much maligned up to this point in the Bitcoin industry, like just buy Bitcoin don't mind, but I have this theory, and, and like if Bitcoin plays out the way we think it is, I, don't, I think it's a pretty sound theory, you're gonna have the a transition of the financial stack moving from the Fed window, where there's the base of the financial stack now. The Fed, in conjunction with the Treasury, controls the production and distribution of money to the primary dealers via its window. That's gonna shift from the Fed window to like the mining level, the mining pool level specifically. I think they're gonna have this fi- new financial stack emanate from from a mining pool base and you're going to have derivatives and financial services being built from from that base up and it's not going to be you're not going to be playing the fed window game anymore and i wonder if if these institutions are ready for that transition
1: i see i don't know that the that like the 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 us dollar or the fed's ever going to be purely displaced i i think a system like the one you just described is is, is definitely being built out and will be built out kind of in parallel as we see this traditional central banker you know the war on cash as it's been called for for decades continue i mean the the central bank digital currencies make sense right it gives them even more strict control over their money supply issuance everything so i think that's an inevitability at this point
0: it's ken Rudolph's wet dream
1: (laughs) right (laughs) i mean i think it just comes down to are they going to use that as a say you know as a as a rationale to say it, you, while you have our digital currencies, you don't need Bitcoin and try to ban, you know, self custody, or are they going to embrace Bitcoin as like, you know, the first native digital currency that it is and, you know, build on top of adjacent to it. I think, unfortunately, you know, well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speculate, but I think that potential, you know, just, you know, displacement of the underlying, currency of the financial system is is probably de- multiple decades off um
0: yeah yeah oh, i, but I do
1: but but i do well i but i do i do think that we're going to see more and more emphasis put on the mining perspective because there's there's already people building out like there's a mark you know banks institutions people building large treasuries of bitcoin there is a there is a market for you know, quote unquote, virgin tokens that can be tracked, you know, from Genesis, from the time they were mined to, to the wallet. Um, and I would imagine that type of market grows and, you know, those Bitcoin continue to trade for a slight premium. Just
0: yeah. uh, That's uh, such like a, an, interesting it's an interesting topic to dive into. Like- yeah. Is it true? Like, is there really demand for these virgin coins, and are they truly virgin, untainted? Because again, you have the fees and the block reward too. but yep. that, that's sort of a yeah? Are, are how hatched, do, you, yeah, how do you
2: separate it? Um, the Virgin tog, to, uh, token thesis is interesting. It hasn't played out yet, but you know, in the future, it may, um, especially when you're dealing with like corporations as holding treasury, and um, but you know, in, in well, the I mean, end, even. Th- even things like even things like green like green bitcoin
1: right bitcoin that you could prove you've mined with 100% renewable only resources you know to you know counteract the quote unquote carbon footprint issues that are being caused by mining which are just not true fud obviously
0: but um, yeah so do we you know, all- do we lean into that fud and like change the dynamics of the network because of some poor thinking and and mental frameworks from from the incumbent Political system. I mean, that's that's where Absolutely I work. Absolutely not. Right? Like, Absolutely not. I hope yeah. not. But it's. they <laughs> I mean, they're going to want to do it. They're going to want to do it. The question is whether or not we should bend the knee and and succumb to to their their wants, especially considering the fact, like we mentioned, that the, the traditional system is is the uh, avenue through which most of the uh, crimes that these politicians and and bankers cr- cry about uh, facilitate like facilitated HSBC working with the Mexican <laughs> drug cartels with their mm-hmm. form fitted window teller uh, for briefcases <laughs> full of cash like and that's um yeah and that's it's like the, the whole seer like ofac compliant mining pool and stuff starts starts to scare me because you, you start to bifurcate the network to it to a certain degree and um i want the the mining industry to be as free market as as possible again like the at the end of the day like what i think we need to start pushing forward as an industry as a mining industry specifically is like hey bitcoin is just simply a messaging protocol like you don't you don't uh hinder at and because terrorists use the, their cell phone networks to to coordinate they have conversations over the phone like that and you're not going to hinder ATT from doing any of their business because uh, they're able to coordinate like that. In this mess, Bitcoin's a messaging system, just like these telecommunications networks to a certain degree. Like, why should it be uh, singled out and, and sort of put in a corner and, and handcuffed uh, when compared to these other things that, that arguably aren't subjected to the same type of scrutiny? That's a great analogy.
2: Yeah, 100% agree. And I, I mean, back to that other point, I think, you know, Bitcoin, there's a lot of FUD that goes in the market about, you know, the, the amount of energy consumption that's aligned to Bitcoin and and Bitcoin being bad for the global, you know, environment and, and being a bad use of energy. And, you know, we argue the reverse, right? Bitcoin, you know, many people use, I mean, Bitcoin as an energy consumption that can actually stabilize a grid and network, right? There's off peak arrangements that many large mines have that are domiciled rights out of outside of cities that help stabilize the energy rates. They agree to shut off their, their energy at the, you know, at set times to stabilize peak hours that are that are hit, um, you know, for city and, and consumption during certain timelines and timeframes, you know, we're helping out the people we're, we're averaging and lowering your energy costs. Um, there You know, it's been studied and and speculated that a large portion of Bitcoin mining is on renewables and is moving in that direction. Um, We know it's a race to the bottom. Um, There's a couple of projects I've been talking to recently that, you know, have invented proprietary systems that can convert landfill to energy and then energy and then you build a Bitcoin mine right on a landfill. And, 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 you know, waste disposal is a huge issue globally, right? And and you actually get paid for disposing of that waste. So you have, if you build a mine off of the landfill, you're getting paid for the waste disposal and you're receiving your mining income and, you know, you're you're helping a greater good and cause. Miners are some of the most creative people in the world that get no credit. Um, there's just FUD getting pumped out on mediums with ridiculous, um, you know, conclusions and and you know it's just not backed and it's, it's it's quite the opposite
0: yeah it's very uh very lazy uh, uneducated uh, criticisms that that lack critical thinking like what we're doing like people point to what we're doing at great american Mine, like oh my god you're using methane to mine bitcoin but like the, the way it changes the dynamics of the oil and gas industry for producers specifically it's pretty massive, like the, the, the yeah. secondary and tertiary externalities um, are such that like right now, like these oil and gas producers are IPing wells, many wells uh, to to get as much oil to market to make up for for the depressed price relative to where it was uh, 12 years ago when they took out a bunch of loans that that said, hey, we're going to pay back this loan and uh, our target barrel pool. Pour- uh, barrel per uh, per barrel price per, yeah. price per barrel is like80 dollars yeah. and it's nowhere near that. So they're trying to make up for that that, um, that lack of, of price appreciation with volume, getting it to market. so that means more pipelines, more wells, which means more wells, more pipelines, more flares, more LNG units, which is is a lot of infrastructure and a lot of waste. From, from a gas perspective uh, and a, a misallocation of capital, arguably. Now that you can plug in these Bitcoin miners alongside your your oil and gas revenues, you, you have a separate revenue stream that's driven by completely different demand structures than, than the oil and gas market. You you're, have a revenue stream driven by a... Services demanded 24-7, 365 as well, which is adding blocks to the Bitcoin blockchain. And now that you have that supplementary revenue stream, you don't have to build as many pipelines. You don't have to drill as many wells. So like, even though the Bitcoin miners that we, we set in the field, they're consuming methane, but again, they're consuming methane that would otherwise be wasted. And then I don't think people think about the second and third order effects down the line where you, you may not drill as many wells. You may not make as many pipelines. Uh, and that has profound positive effects on the environment and the climate debate
1: exactly I, and that's and I, you hit the you hit the nail on the head these bitcoin miners are are seeking the cheapest electric, electricity and, and by virtue of it being cheap it's cheapest it's because it's not wanted it's 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 it would be going to waste if if not otherwise consumed if there was if 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 they were consuming a a fuck ton of energy that was needed for another important purpose, there that electricity would be charged for a premium, you know, and sold off back to the grid or back to the consumer. So we're, we're alleviating a lot of spillover and inefficient and waste as your point with this, with the methane and <coughs> excuse me. bless you. And then, uh, oh, I forgot my point now. Well, I'll hop in
0: here. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I know you guys were just unnoted, right? Yeah. Like I think Pierre had a great, great tweet last night that really highlights the hypocrisy of people coming at Bitcoin mining's energy consumption is that like Bitcoin miners use electricity just like Tesla cars do. It's like the the moralization uh, and like the the ethical debate that's trying to be thrust on the mining industry because of the energy sources that are used to produce the electricity It's just like a complete double standard. It's not applied to anything else like in the world.
2: Yeah, I mean... Bitcoin miners optimize the energy network in, in truth like that, that is that is a fact. And I mean, if you think about energy in general, like depending on if you're pulling from the grid or, or what your source is, energy isn't, you know, extremely transferable. Like I can't transfer energy that I have in, um, you know, in upstate New York where I have hydropower to New York City. I, I have no way of creating a chain that transfers it that far. Um, with advances in technology, I mean that's why you see a lot of miners in Upstate New York. They're harnessing, you know, that excess hydro and putting it to use, and 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 making it more efficient and and helping, you know, regions um, that have that are just wasting excess energy or not producing as much as they can, right? And with improvements in technology, um, you know, solar in the future, you know, big. A big issue with solar is, um, you know, having that 24-hour ability of mining tied to solar, but with the battery improvements that are coming, you know, you mine, um, you consume the amount of solar that you have, you build out excess, and then the excess solar that you harness during the daylight, you can store in a battery to power your, your miners overnight. It just creates an efficient system and mechanism. I mean, I argue that miners are the most creative and forward thinkers in, in the energy space, and they're, they're improving... The efficiency and they're making strides that wouldn't exist otherwise it's it's talk about an energy
1: transition trade you know what i mean like that's been that's been a big thematic trade you hear them talk about it on on on, on msnbc and all this other nonsense and it's one of the big talk a lot of the questions we got during our b of a conference circled around like How can mining absorb this glut of renewable energy that's coming on that is not going to have any buyers for the energy once these government subsidies run out? They only, these companies and these projects only spun up and developed because they're getting government subsidies, which run out, I think, a lot of them this year and next year. What are they going to do when they don't have anyone to sell power to and then no one to transmit it to? You just (laughs) talk, talk, talk about a, a wasted environmental footprint because i mean these wind or solar or whatever it is they're 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 not small you know these aren't small endeavors they, they take up a lot of space
0: yeah. and they take a lot of oil too they <laughs> yeah. depend on the oil and gas industry pretty significantly so it would be a, a shame if the subsidized renewable industry has wasted all this fossil fuels to have it sit there and that, like, that's the beauty of bitcoin mining, right it's like market driven you don't need these politicians to come in and subsidize anything like, we're figuring yeah. it out like just leave us alone <laughs> exactly
1: well, yeah. i mean look at look at what look at what you're just talking about with with the with the flare gas the waste it's like wait you guys are just i burning that but but i have a, a methane generator i can i can hook it up to this this trailer rigs can i can i take it oh yeah sure go ahead yeah, Save like, us on emissions. You can have it for free. Just bring right? your
0: shit. Bring I mean, your like, equipment. Like I was okay. telling you, like we're in North Dakota right now deploying containers, and like we're focused on North Dakota right now because they have the strictest. Like producers are begging us to come in. Like please, like we don't want to flare because we can't, we can't drill or actually pull oil out of our wells if we flare X amount. And this is going to start happening in Texas too. Like Texas Railroad Commission and the. State Senate is, is talking about uh, levying a 25% tax on on flared gas. And like, say, so you're going to have flaring X amount of MMBTUs per day or MCFD, and, and you're just going to look at the Henry Hub price or some other gas index price, you're going to have to pay 25% of that, that flared gas. So, you're going to have to make up for that somewhere else, um, whether that be in, in flows of oil um, or or trying to build pipelines to get that gas to market, so you're not flaring. Bitcoin solves this problem beautifully. Yeah,
2: exactly. Can, I mean, Canada has been a really good flaring use case to look at. I mean, the amount of flaring uh, reduction emissions that they've progressed as a country. I mean, just our neighbor. Like, why aren't we enacting the same? Bitcoin is a great, you know, use of of countering flaring. Um, flaring is not good for the environment, and and that's something that is a very valid point. And these natural gas producers are, you know, produce. Um, a certain, uh, you know, a finite amount of energy on a daily basis. A lot of that is not consumed. What do they do with the excess? They light it on fire, and which which creates a lot of downward spiral, environmental issues, and and other issues, you know, associated.
0: And you're literally lighting money on fire, and so that's yeah, your, literally, so <laughs> literally. That's what our like. So right. that's what we're doing as a Bitcoin mining industry, whether it be via. Um, mining off of renewables or what we're doing off of gas will otherwise be flared or, or, or wasted purely uh, we're helping to decrease the energy intensity index right like so like we as a society we should drive we should strive to drive the energy intensity index down as low as possible and for any of you freaks at home and don't know what the energy intensity index is it basically uh, calculates the the amount of uh, energy that we pull out and combust uh, pull out the earth or produce on earth uh, compared to GDP, the value extracted from that energy. So flare gas uh, uh, is a part of this index, but it doesn't produce anything to GDP These uh, renewable sources that are sitting in, in areas that don't have demand from a city, but that energy is still being produced in, 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 um, converted to, to energy, like that contributes to it too. And it doesn't contribute to GDP. So if you're able to plug in these miners and create something that's that's positive EV for GDP, you can lower that index. And it's something we should be striving for. So this is something like people should be lauding what we're doing in the Bitcoin mining industry.
2: 100%. And, and it creates tax revenue that didn't exist in the past as well. Like from, okay. from a state perspective, I mean, there's you know, you look what happened with the cannabis industry and and the slow, you know, approval of cannabis, you know, that the states are seeing the the tax that dollars that have come in from the legalization, you know, New Jersey legalized, everyone in New York was not legalized. So then New Yorkers were just flocking over to Jersey to buy all their legalized um, cannabis. And then, you know, of course, lo and behold, very few months later, New York's on that path. I mean, it's a state by state battle also with, you know, acceptance of, of cryptocurrency miners. Um, historically, you've seen miners driven out of, of upstate New York moratoriums, out of the DC area. Um, issues in Virginia, issues in Washington state, like um, Kentucky's been where we're domiciled and we have uh, a new facility that we're building. We're gonna be building a 50 megawatt facility in Paducah area and we have a 20 megawatt facility running in that same area right now. They've incentivized miners. They've taken the opposite. They they're in, they're passing a, a bill that um, is going to incentivize cryptocurrency miners to come there because they see the opposite side of, of the spectrum. Um, but it's a, you know every state has their own governing laws, um, so you'll see miners flock also politically to states that are supportive. Um, Texas has been certainly one of those, and and a lot of people flock to Texas because it's an energy hub of the world. But you know in Texas they, you know, you, you deal with July and August, uh, peak, peak hour rates, you know, mooning. So what do you do? What do you do in mining in July and August? You know, you shut off, you know, for partials, you're not going to be able to run for 24 hours a day. And, and the Texas, um, energy commodity traders live for July and August. That's where they make all their money. Um, it's just, it's really interesting to see, you know, who's, you know, who's going to win the state what battle and and naturally miners flocked where the cheap energy is at. So you can't, you know, you have to have cheap energy in that state in the first
0: place. Yeah, this this jurisdictional arbitrage is, is beautiful yeah. to see budding. Like you got oh, Francis yeah. Suarez in Miami like trying to get Bitcoiners, like what's going on in Kentucky is incredible. Um North Dakota isn't really incentivizing Bitcoin miners per se, but their flare their strict flaring regulations is forcing miners to flock there because can help solve that problem and texas is an incredible case like once you crack that nut of 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 cheap cooling immersion systems um uh, off-grid in texas it's going to be a mad dash down there in texas Texas, yeah for for
1: for for the energy source reasons and as well as the political certainty right i think those those are the, the 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 abundance of renewable unique energy sources and you you you're pretty confident the government of texas isn't going to come in and tell you you can't run a mining rig you know what I mean? as opposed yeah. to as opposed to you know potentially some other states
0: no, the, the
1: and Texas is driving more of this hash power to the u.s is exactly that political certainty alone is worth the short-term premium that miners are paying now and then they see how the energy landscape in america particularly texas is evolving look at look at what te- look at what texas did the price to produce about a barrel of oil once once we got figured out shale, like the only ones who produce oil lower than U.S. shale is the Saudis. We're on par or lower than every everyone else in OPEC. It's it's a Amer- it's, it's American ingenuity and just free markets, baby.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna segue into there, Texas specifically. Like the the regulatory certainty is compounded by like the actual free market energy market they exactly. have down there like the, the open grid system which is unique to Texas alone like the rest of the country needs to adopt Texas's model of how they run their grid like it's just a pure free market with no state actors. I mean you have the Texas Railroad Commission trying to play referee every once in a while but pretty pretty much a pure free market in, exactly. in those regards
1: talk about decentralization you got the rest of the country on one of two separate grids basically essentially and then you got texas on its own (laughs) like yeah yeah well we don't want to rely on you guys we'll we'll take care of our stuff
2: (laughs) did you see that uh did you see that like bill that was being considered in nevada where like they're trying to incentivize large tech companies to domicile there and they and they're offering the, the ability to set up their own governing law like their own school systems their own <laughs> courts their own like in, in, entire societies like in in nevada like i've i've read i mean you can read google and it's just like i'm like what what is going on here and it's specifically targeted towards big tech companies coming to there like yeah and, and would i want to live in such a society I, I don't think so like controlled by like the, the tech company
0: it's the technocrats uh making yeah. their own laws be careful what you <laughs> say.
2: Yeah. yeah well
1: true i mean did, well didn't Nevada, did Nevada turn, turn blue this year they, they're not going to get any tech companies with, with that with that color i don't think no. I, <laughs> I i think that the flight from, from california new york and from these other hubs are
0: it's texas i mean i hope texas can can stay red for as long as possible considering hey, uh,
1: as long as like, they ke- as long as they keep rejecting those dominion voting machines they
0: should be all right <laughs> right that and like yeah, I mean they've got year Samsung after, coming, Samsung year? coming to the Foundry, Tesla. Come,
1: uh
0: Tesla's coming down there, like the the migration from Silicon Valley to, to Texas. Toyota so
2: migrated down there a while back from uh Cali for from Tarzana to, to Texas. I mean everyone's migrating to Texas. I mean isn't that actually isn't
1: that where Taiwan is opening their facility as well? Yeah. Or is
2: that yeah,
0: Arizona, they're in Arizona, oh, they're, they're, in Arizona. they're
1: in Arizona.
2: Okay. Samsung That's, was Texas, yeah.
0: I'm extremely bullish on ship fabrication in the US over the next decade because we also found like a, a pretty large rare earth mineral deposit in, in New Mexico. So like we can probably I, source some of this the, the materials waivers. needed for the silicon right in right in the US too.
1: That's beautiful. I I didn't see that, but that's that's what is exactly what I was gonna ask you when you when you said you were bullish on the on the ship foundries. When when was that? When was that published? I didn't see anything on that in terms of the.
0: Um, yeah, I I know, I'll look it up real quick. Um, I think it was found at some point last year. I know. Um, I know of uh, just through the find some deals that have been going on in the PE space to to start extracting this stuff. Um, yeah, rare earth elements deposits in New Mexico. This is from. The news. There's something about it two days ago. I got to find the exact article. I'll try to find it and link to it in the show notes. But yeah, it's been no. That's
2: cool. I mean, I mean, that, that would be hell of the news. The, the, I mean, if we can, if we can have all the sourcing needs and requirements, you know, domicile in the states, you know, build our own intellectual property here and and start manufacturing machines here. You know, that's that would be very fruitful.
0: Right, and it's, it's bringing back industry to America. Yeah, that's what I love. Exactly. About, that's what I love about mining and the physical nature of mining. What you guys are doing, so, again, setting up all these these warehouses. Like, there's a physical. and We're actually building again on American soil. Not the miners yet, but the infrastructure that the miners run on is, is being made in America.
2: Yeah, and I mean miners in general, they're the most bullish people on Bitcoin in the world. They're investing billions of dollars in infrastructure. They're investing billions of dollars in in machines, you know, ASIC high-powered servers that are not repurposable. They have one job that's to mine Bitcoin. You know, they, that's how bullish they are on the network and and the infrastructure is repurposable. I mean, we're creating jobs, we're creating tax revenue, we're creating power efficiency, um, we're we're creating a counter against deflation and supporting that. There's there's a greater good here. Miners are are driving the wave. On top of you know everyone else that of course the Bitcoin maximalists you can't forget about that are supportive of mining as well you know that are hodling and and supporting and and getting out the message right we just need positive messaging continued to pour amongst the space and around the world around this narrative um, and I, I think that's you know very important
0: yeah lucky for us we have some of the smartest people I think I think that's <laughs> yeah. becoming more evident I think it's just when it comes to actually debating from first principles, and using critical thinking to approach these these topics and these debates, like at least from my observation, it seems that Bitcoiners are winning the, the battle of ideas. I mean, it's you're fighting against very loud and, and strong narratives, but when you, when you actually are able to, to sit somebody down and have like a one-on-one conversation, it's not even a competition in my mind. It's
2: not, it's really not. And. In- and the crying and kicking and screaming on the other side doesn't counter our proven facts and data and and narratives and and our intelligence and, and our intellectual arguments. We're we're willing to debate. We're willing to to counter, and we're willing to bring the truth, you know, forward. Arguing against the truth is is not you know the, with with tactics that don't make sense and FUD, you know, is is prevalent. But it's in the end, it's it's the it's our intellectuals that are gonna win.
0: <laughs> we are. We're winning. We're winning. are winning, son. Yes, pa. We're yeah. the global reserve currency into yeah. the world.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll be we'll be handing down our our sats for, for generations to come. Like that, it's, it's, That's that's how it's gonna work. Right. We're and the like pioneers. It,
0: that's why, I, like, I think us, particularly in the mining industry, are very lucky. I think the first mover advantage is gonna be very strong. Um, especially at this point. I mean, obviously we're 12 years in and not first movers in the mining industry, obviously it's been around Bitcoin's whole life, but uh, the North American mining industry, there's, there's a big land grab to be had. And I think people getting in early are going to benefit immensely over the next few decades. and. I guess that's a good segue into like another topic. Like, how do you see these, these derivatives markets around the industry developing and sort of hardening the ability for for individual operations to, to hedge risk and expand their operations? Yeah,
2: I, mean, I think you're good. I think, I think
1: yeah, sorry, go ahead, go
2: on. Sam. No, I think you have a good take on this, and I can add. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're
1: just we're we're gonna see it leveraged similar to how we see traditional oil oil producers, you know, gold mining companies leverage their you know foreseen future production. Luckily for Bitcoin, it's a, it's a lot easier to project out, you know, your future Bitcoin revenue based on whether it's pro- based on both price and expected new releases from manufacturers. It's it's a lot less volatile on the on the supply side, obviously, being the only perfectly scarce commodity I know of. But, um, yeah, I think the more, the more robust the derivatives market gets, whether it's, you know, stri- you know, selling hash rate futures or difficulty hedges or just outright packaging and selling hash rate, I think the more robust it gets, the more inclined institutions are going to be to, to play, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's, like you mentioned the oil and gas industry. That's like, I'm sorry for... Just bring great American mining into this conversation where we get, but like that's what excites me is getting these these traditional commodities futures traders in the ONG o- o- space on their, their trading desks, like into Bitcoin, because I, I think they could innovate like around these, these hash rate derivatives and these forward contracts and these hedging strategies. It's uh it's gonna be really cool to see like more mines come to that side of the market.
2: Like, yeah, right. absolutely. You also you also have like you know products that are rolling out like daily compounding of cryptocurrency, right? Um, BlockFi, Gemini just rolled out their their interest earning. Um, you know, obviously we're all in the camp of not your keys, you know, not your coin. But if you if you have a trusted you know custody provider and you're getting compound interest on on your cryptocurrency, why not? Another argument there too for for people that are conservative and want to hold the U.S. dollar. I mean, you could get nine percent interest on USDC on 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 BlockFi. Like, why am I keeping cash that's deflating in my bank account when I could be earning compound interest on it in 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 a product that I you know personally trust? Um, and then you know further into derivatives. I mean, there's new entrants on on a daily basis that. Um, are, are allowing you to hedge and counter your bets. Um, financers are willing to finance and collateralize your machines. We did one of, Blockware Mining did one of the first sale and lease back debt findings, financing deals where we did a million dollar sale and lease back um, tied pegged to our machines. You can collateralize your, your miners um, and, and that's becoming more widely accepted. And you know, all the financial tools and products that are coming to the space, You know look at what Lightning Labs is, is preparing and then lightning network is enabling like that's a whole another ball game you can talk about like there this there's smart contracts on bitcoin you know don't forget that this is this this is being revolutionized and streamlined as we speak in every single day and um, and once again back to your point i think we've got some of the smartest people in the world you know working on these type of products that are enablers and and are creating such such abilities yeah
0: i'm very excited about Lightning Pool and, and as a as a vehicle through which to get yield um, for any Bitcoin just sitting on your balance sheet, whether it be corporate or personal. We'll see how that develops. So then, like the continuation of the development of, of this market is is so fascinating because again, the, the Bitcoin native aspect of it is going to be like we can't even fathom what's going to happen. Like we like we have. Bitcoin, which is a step function improvement on fiat currency uh, from an asset perspective. And you have Bitcoin, the network um, from a from a settlement network, and then Lightning on top of it as a, as a payments network, like step function improvements on the traditional st- system. And these are being built on another exponential technology, which is the internet. So I, I, like when it comes to how fast is this going to happen, I think it's going to happen faster than many people realize. And then Or think I don't think anybody realizes exactly how fast it's going to happen. I think people think it's going to be an extended timeline, but I think it's going to happen faster than most people. But on top of that, like the Bitcoin native nature of these financial products, like again, like hash rate um, markets, derivatives markets. Like right now, some of the products are very manual. You have companies bringing family offices and miners to the table to, to sort of agree on on terms and durations and all that stuff, but Like if you think about the natural buyer of hash rate being a mining pool and them being best positioned to to begin uh, creating these markets, uh, I think I think that is is where the signal is in these derivatives markets, particularly is the Bitcoin native way of doing it. Um, again, and building that financial stack from from mining up. I'm just rambling here, but I'm
2: no, you're right. I mean I already see it. You can sell. You can the pools can sell their hash rate and futures of their hash rate, um, and and lower their, their cost bases. Um,
1: I do, and and you're right. I think I think that system gets built from the you know the mining layer up. And I mean, for the history of Bitcoin, cycle after cycle, what are the two types of companies that consistently might make money when they're run well? Miners and exchanges. And now we got the, the the Robinhood GameStop debacle, highlighting the need for decentralized, not only you know decentralized exchanges and you know self custody, all built all snowballing into that perfect storm for Bitcoin. And you know starting at that base layer, that is the mining, you know, offering derivatives, making it so traditional finance and institutions can draw those analogies a lot of the tools that are being built you know we're not reinventing the wheel we're just applying it to bitcoin type stuff you know and removing the third party intermediaries yeah. and once once people kind of get over that that educate that ignorance hump ignorance via lack of education um well except i guess peter schiff he, i don't know what his excuse is but um <laughs> what a great name to throw out there but uh
0: too emotionally invested <laughs>
1: Way too emotionally invested, but I think, I think that, and that's what we're seeing right now, right? I mean, Bitcoin, we're just starting to get going. Like Bitcoin's still outperforming ETH. There's Bitcoin, there's ether, and then there's everything else in my opinion. Um, And those are the two that were, you know, Ether futures just launched on the CME. We're starting to see the most robust derivatives build out, but that's why we're seeing these decentralized DeFi platforms you know, liquidity pools and particularly the decentralized exchanges, you know, outperforming ether and Bitcoin so sizably this year is, you know, it, 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 it's the lowest hanging fruit. It's the lowest hanging flute fruit in the, in the decentralized finance stack. In my opinion, you know, we have Bitcoin, it looks like we pretty much have ether for, for some, you know, for some things on the smart contract layer. And then, you know, now, now is where the fun stuff begins.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think ETH is doing some great R and D for for Bitcoin's future uh, DeFi space. I, uh, the and then on top of that, like the uh, I, I feel like we're living in a simulation. Like you, you mentioned Wall Street bets and like Robin Hood. And last year, you had money printer go burr like right at the 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 block reward having. Like it's almost too perfect how these narratives are lining up with with Bitcoin as it as it moves into the future. It's like they're literally handing uh, the the new financial system over to us on a platter with all their blunders. Like Bitcoin, reality is
1: strange. Reality is stranger than fiction, man. You can't, you could not write a better a better movie script if you wanted to. Right. It's like and- in
0: a simulation. We have to,
1: it's, partially and then it's like, like <laughs> am I, am, 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 am I just, am I just, have I fully lost my mind? Am, am I hallucinating? No. All right. Did I, did that manifest this or something? What, like, I just, like, is this the shit that you see unfolding, like, years from now, years from now, and then you wake up to a headline, holy shit, Elon Musk bought 1.5 billion in Bitcoin. Okay.
2: That just got real. <laughs> and
0: BNY Mellon is going to offer like the oldest bank in the U.S. What the hell is happening?
2: Hey, I mean, they've already had a running blockchain AUM fund and run it already before that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, BNY, top ten bank in the world. I mean, all of these banks are going to start participating, but I mean, you know, they're they're a little late to the game. There, you know, we've already we're all of us the other side. We're established. You know, miners miners could you know partially at your point can become. You know, distributors of Bitcoin, especially the bulls, right? Yeah, that's like that's banking of its own, right? Future yeah. banking, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of ha- it's happening. It's just
2: it is happening.
0: It's, yeah, uh, it's it's but like but all this like good good stuff happening. I, I know we're all the same age. It reminds me of like Star Fox sixty four the second the second level where where Yippee or whatever his name is like it's quiet. It's too quiet. And <laughs> I'm just like expecting an onslaught from. From some angle, at some point, <laughs> like the, the news is too good right now. But hey, maybe it is just the natural, the uh, natural development of, of how this plays out because the economic incentives and forces are just too strong and undeniable. Again, the, the truth is just stronger than than anything else that's out there right now.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, the beautiful thing is the you know the true frothy mania hasn't hasn't really be begun. It, I mean, if Google searches you know, for Bitcoin or any indication, like we're, we're not even at 2017 bubble levels yet. And that's (laughs) like, we were, I think we were 50% there when we published our report in, uh, in January. So probably a little bit closer, but I was shocked when I, when I, I thought for sure we would have exploded through that. And this, it just underscores again, that this rally, you know, from March through now has been and continues to be disproportionately driven by by institutions deploying capital, and that's on the mining side, especially, and then on the treasury side. Um, again, highlighted by the flight of Bitcoin off exchanges, the number of whale wallets increasing. You know, every t- I feel like every couple of weeks I read a new article. You know, "quote unquote" whale wallets hits new all time high, um, and it's it's just beautiful to see.
0: It is <laughs> <laughs> so then- I've been hanging out on a Clubhouse a little bit the last, like, month. It's crazy to see the amount of education going on there and the amount of, like, new people that are, that are coming and asking really good questions and learning about Bitcoin. The message is getting out there. And again, last year uh, very acutely highlighted the, the need for an alternative like Bitcoin. I think your average Joe is starting to realize that. Um, so... Where do we go? From yeah, no, here?
2: we we should throw a couple of Bitcoin mining club out sessions. I I've been I've been more of a spectator there. I was on a couple of uh, sessions that you were speaking on. I was also going to say that I mean, there's acceptance in Bitcoin through if you look at like the the uh, stocks and equities that are have Bitcoin exposure and their performance. I mean, look at how well PayPal has done, you know, uh, Square, um, Riot, on Silvergate. On I mean the. Anyone that announces, you know, MicroStrategy, um, anyone that announces Treasury, you know, if 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 uh, Twitter eventually does it, like these, this is people buying in, in in a different way. You know, everyone likes to have their own uh, an exposure to Bitcoin in their own way, shape, or form. But there's there's you know, boomers and and people of different, you know, not just in our our age range that are buying in in their ways, buying these stocks, and they're they're not on the sidelines. They're they're there. These I mean, I mentioned- are buying in. <laughs>
0: You mentioned you're like advising Riot. You have Calpers buying Riot stock. It's fucking. That is a big. That's like an Dep- underscore. Yeah, the
2: California pension fund just scooped a ton of Riot stock, and they because they had obligations they had to make. I mean, just wait. You know, we talk about institutional participation. Just wait until the pensions start dipping into Bitcoin and in some way, shape, or form. And in some way, shape, or form, they're doing that through buying stocks with exposure. Um, we had a a couple, uh, a couple are holding underlying Bitcoin.
1: I think Virginia, oh, yeah. one of the state Virginia police or something or other had been purchased a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's like you said, it's not even not even a fraction. Like Mass Mutual just casually threw a hundred million. They're an insurance company. They if anyone knows how to assess and manage risk, it's it's them, and they're casually just threw hundred million at Bitcoin. However, it was a month month and a half ago. And that was only 0.4% of their investable assets. It's nothing, yeah. it was a drop in the bucket.
0: And you see what, yeah, what happens your,
1: when we see five percent allocations. And you
0: think about their mandate as an insurance company, like for them, particularly to, to throw an allocation at Bitcoin, like that means they're using it to protect their, their clients' assets. And that's how they view it, which is pretty insane. And like, thank yeah, God we, the. CalPERS is getting, like, CalPERS, Illinois, and New Jersey, like, need this more than anybody in, in the world right now. Me too. <laughs> they better be jumping in. Yeah.
2: We had, we, I mean, I think we were the first to put this one out, but we were just, we always are researching and writing on different stuff, but we, uh, we you know, Mike, Morgan Stanley owns 10.9% of MicroStrategy. So, indirectly, we met the amount of, you know, Bitcoin that MicroStrategy owned at the time, which was on January 18th. Um, And we, you know, you can come to the conclusion that Morgan Stanley has exposure or or indirectly owns 7,700 Bitcoin, you know, which at the time is worth $277 million. Like, like, do these mappings. These companies have all the the big financial institutions, like if they're owning these equities, they have some type of exposure.
0: Yeah, Morgan Stanley's been on top of it, right? Because they have uh, XMS spin out of them. Those guys guys are doing some good work too. Um, they, They feel like they understand it.
2: They do. I agree. And they're putting out forecasts. Um, you know, it's the, those that, you know, it's from in that realm, it seems like those that are not accepting or not participating in some way, shape or form or, you know, missing the wave. And, and especially in that world, like you don't want to miss that wave or a wave in general,
0: because that. Then, that... like Sam, to go back to what you're saying, I think about the scarce nature of this asset, how much of the float is being pulled off the market the amount of capital to come in. Like I was saying it last night, like Elon just threw 400 million more Bitcoin or 400 million more dollars at Bitcoin than Michael Saylor did and got about half as much Bitcoin as he did. And when you think about those numbers continuing with other big institutions and the less... And less amount of bitcoin that each is going to get uh,
1: there there's only there's there's only ever going to be 21 million bitcoin right now there's about 46 million millionaires in the world if every millionaire wants a bitcoin too too fucking bad <laughs> it can't happen yeah. it cannot happen and excuse my language you're gonna to have that to you're gonna to have to edit me out later but
0: it it hey, literally... on this podcast don't worry okay cool. <laughs> no fucking cursing <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, I mean, it's 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 surreal. Like you, and if you're looking, you just even just to the top half of the it's called the top 23 million millionaires. If any of those guys want Bitcoin, they're not going to want just one. You know, like the, it's it's the, you know, people with that kind of wealth are are go big or go home type individuals when it comes to investing. It's the flood the floodgates are creeping open,
2: but they have by no means
1: fully opened yet and it's it's just very exciting
2: yes yeah. okay. furthering your point, Sam, uh, for marty jumps back in if you i i put out a tweet like on January 24th like there's 7.7 7 billion people on this planet like if everyone wanted a piece of, of this scarce bitcoin it would come out to 0.0024 bitcoin per person which at the time was worth like 15 usd per person I mean that that if you talk about the scarcity of this asset, if every person in the world is allocated an equal amount, that's the amount they would get. And that's that's it.
0: Hey, you're only getting like 240,000 sats or whatever, it, or yeah. two yeah, million no, it, if that. Like, yeah,
2: it's, exactly. It's crazy.
0: Ah uh, what a time to be alive, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to what be a, on the front lines with you guys.
1: What a time to be mining Bitcoin.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Should we get back to mining then? This like what uh what do you guys yeah. see? Uh, what are you looking at moving forward in 2021, particularly for the mining industry broadly and then in North America specifically? What, uh, what are you excited for? What Any um, theories, ideas?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're pushing the wave on pushing out a um, North American Mining Alliance. That's the initiative we're working on that I think will get some really nice traction. Um, I think we need to leverage and, and pack together on that front um, for the greater good I think we're going to see a lot more miners come to North America. If you just simply s- track the supply chain and you you look at the orders that companies like Marathon, Core Scientific, Riot, um, even Blockware, we order you know thousands of machines. Blockware mining, um, a lot of the supply is coming here. You know, we estimate that Main can only produce like 30,000 S19s per month. You know, if they're taking the month of Feb off, you know, and you just track the supply chain, it's it's the hash rates coming here. Just if you just track what's being produced, the you know, same for what's minor. I mean, there's rumors that um, like companies, certain companies have bought out like all of What's Miner's 2021 stock. And, and I mean, they have spot production that comes in and, and it's all coming here. So, I mean, we, we see North America, you know, emerging as as a large mining pres- presence and, you know, helping to decentralize that network. Um, you know, I see retail, I don't, you know, a lot of our conclusion of the report is, retail hasn't entered yet in Bitcoin. So, you know, there's indicators you can track to track that. And, but, you know, retail still has a chance in mining, you know, don't, don't feel like if you're a retail or small participant, you know, there's companies that enable you like Blockware solutions, for example, you know, we give you good energy rates and machines on hand and, and you can, you can participate and enter, you know, mining's an awesome thing to part to be a part of and, Sometimes you know we talk to our friends or family that don't understand Bitcoin let alone Bitcoin mining and they think that we're aliens but it's Bitcoin mining is not as complex as it, it, it lays out to be it's it's a pretty um, understandable system once you get the hang of it so I, I just see yeah
0: yeah and the, the understanding of the market dynamics are becoming is coming much greater right like Leo Zhang's. Yeah recent piece on like the fair value of the miners compared to your, your price per kilowatt hour, I think it was extremely well done and like really helps individual mining companies try to, to conceptualize the timing of all this and and how they should be approaching the deployment of their capital. I think. I don't know.
1: I don't know if I've read that piece. You're gonna have to share that with us after, after we get off of here.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll send you the link. It's really, really well done. Um, Uh, yeah, right. Like the industry is just getting wiser, and hopefully, um, smarter business decisions and more efficient business decisions, and, and by extension, uh, more decentralized and, and robust Bitcoin uh, results from that. So bullish. Yeah, I mean,
1: definitely bullish. And each each cycle, it just you know, on, from the mining perspective, we see we see hash power become concentrated in the hands of more and more efficient miners who are in it for the long term uh, it's 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 kind of eerie how 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 close Bitcoin sticks to these four-year cycles you know that's you know surrounding by surrounded these having events like I mean let's look. so the average percent return on Bitcoin for a halving year is 206 percent so that's if you look at 2012 2016, in 2020, 2020 having year, we outperformed that average 304. To, we returned 304 percent Bitcoin price. Shit. The average, the average return for Bitcoin the year after a halving is <laughs> 3,382 percent. Year year in and year out, it outperforms the year after having, as opposed to the year in having. Like having is a good year, and then the true supply shock of that having event. And the fact that it's now only efficient miners that don't need to sell as much of their Bitcoin to cover OpEx, they can sit and accumulate <laughs> while the narrative just continues to grow. And the in the broader, and the broader macro environment, central bank, monetary fiscal stimulus, and otherwise all continue to feed the story, feed the demand while the supply continues to get systematically reduced every four years. And like clockwork, 2021's off to a great start. Now, I, again, this halving year outperform previous halving years, but I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't expect that this post halving year to meet that 3,382% average that would put Bitcoin over 700K, I think. But uh,
0: why so bearish?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> that's, that's a
2: 2022
0: goal. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, I mean, 20, it's yeah. really
1: not. It's really not.
2: It could, I mean, with, at these like, at these trajectories, it's it's feasible well, by.
0: Uh, and again, I'm looking at the, the chart in your most recent research piece of like the, the amount of Bitcoin coming off exchange and compared to previous havings. Like go back to 2016, go back to 2012. Like you can't really see the 2012 levels, but you, did to you want <laughs> how little Bitcoin there was, but
1: like you want to look at the eerie similarity. Look at the comparison to Bitcoin price versus hash rate charts. How, how after having events, you see the, the brief minor capitulation, which you'll, you know, the dip in hash rate, and then it just a steady March higher, despite Bitcoin trading downward or sideways. And then once price catches up to hash rate and starts printing new highs, hash rate can't keep up. It just massively price rallies significantly faster than hash rate can. And that's simply because of supply constraint on miners. There's just not enough chips and rigs to go around. But those times when Bitcoin finally catches up and then starts to exceed, that's the best time to be a miner. And that's 2020 looks very, very similar (laughs) to January, 2021. January, 2021 looks strikingly similar from a price to hash rate perspective to January,
0: 2017. Right. It's going to be so interesting to see how it plays out this time around considering the type of money coming in, the amount of money coming in and then Factor, the time you,
1: frames associated with that, those type of investors like those guys right. aren't spiving for five six yeah. month positions. those are multi-year investments
0: And then that and then you have like the the extension of the life cycle, the hardware too, which plays into this to a certain degree. Um, Absolutely as well.
1: You throw and the then, inefficient stuff in immersion in, in, in a cheap electricity environment and you can run for a lot longer.
0: Yeah it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Gentlemen, I know I, I have you on the calendar until 1.30. It's 1.29 now. I don't want to uh, overextend my welcome with your with your calendar. So, um, I guess, what do you guys want to get out to the audience who may be listening to this? Any final thoughts, words of wisdom? Places we can find what you're working on? Any information you want to point us towards?
2: Yeah, definitely go to blockersolutions.com. The report we were discussing today, um, you can find top left in research and publications um, check out some of our recent media mentions uh, we're constantly getting quotes and um, getting, getting our, our messaging out there um, I, you know I, I keep strong hands right you know if you're a miner you know mine through this you know there's going to be corrections you know, as Sam was alluding to there's like seven corrections in in 2017 um, you know keep mining through that you know keep hodling your Bitcoin you know keep the keep your strong hands right um, you know, weak hands always fail. Um, and, and historically, we've seen that. And uh, we're really excited for what's to come. We also have uh, room Mining, which is our self mining entity on, on target to have over 300 panahash in March, um, we're, we're opening up the next capital raise around. So there's opportunities to invest if you want to get on the other side. Um, and that that company also owns uh, the facilities and you'll so you have that data center land exposure. Um, and, and for those that are interested in mining, reach out to us. We can we can set you up. You can sell your machines with hosting contracts. You know, Kentucky is a great place to mine. We've been down us out there for a long time and we have great techs and team in place um, to support with technology. So um, happy that we were able to join you today, Marty. And it was a great jam session. Uh, Sam, anything else add? No, it's a pleasure,
1: Marty. Keep keep up the great content. You're, you're doing a great service for the space. Um Uh-oh. if you're yeah. You're Follow us kind. on Twitter too. I think that's the only thing Mason forgot. Yeah, at Block. <laughs> other uh, than that, other than that, I think uh look just enjoy the jam Such so Looking forward to another one soon.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely have to do another one. I mean, yeah, I mean it's people like you that make this content easy. So thank you. Um thank you. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. That's all we got today, freaks. Peace and love.
1: Love that noise.